0: The Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. A mattress that is designed to fit everybody. Introducing the world's first four-in-one mattress where you can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Flip it to choose your comfort level and zip it with our reversible and washable temperature-regulated cover. What you want today might not be what your body needs tomorrow. You buy one mattress to last eight years, but a lot can change in that amount of time as you get fitter or heavier and older. Uh, Customize your comfort, zip it, flip it, choose your snooze. If you're getting a guest or kid bad, imagine being able to ask your guest or your mother-in-law, whoever it might be, how they like to sleep at night. Um, Are they cold sleepers, sweaty sleepers, soft sleepers, stiff sleepers? And then with that mattress, you can customize the bed to fit their needs. Or if you just want to leave ASAP, just do the opposite. Uh, A mattress that puts the power of individual comfort and sleep in your hands. Change the feel of your mattress with a simple flip. Uh, Use the code DNVR uh, if, if you go to Snooze Mattress and receive $250 off a mattress. And two hundred fifty dollars off with an adjustable base. The queen mattress savings are five hundred dollars with the adjustable base. Five hundred dollars, and dual split king savings are thousand dollars with adjustable base. Again, that's a thousand dollars. It's made by Colorado. It's designed for the world. And make sure you use code DNVR. Go check out the options over at Snooze Mattress. At a baby. Um. Okay. Draft Pod Full Effect.
1: Henry. Justin, Jake's taking this one off. Coming off that Thursday nighter, um, so we've got we've got quarterbacks and coaches on the mind, which um, I'm kind of kind of glad we got to do this. And uh, yeah, as the college guys, we get to kind of talk about that stuff. So um, let's get into it, Justin. This was or, actually Henry. This was your idea. You want to set this up?
0: Yeah, I'm I not mean, sure. There's um, much setup
1: required, frankly
0: we all, we all know where the Broncos stand right now being four things are trending in the wrong direction. Seems like there's going to be a lot of changes. So I feel like it's time to jump in and look at some of this. Um, We'll start with the coaches and just run through who are the coaching candidates. And we're, we'll focus on the college guys because we're the college guys. Um, And Dre, it sounds like you had a long list of options. Um, But, but, just who would be your top targets from the, the college ranks if you were hiring the next Broncos coach?
1: Who's on the, the must-have, but maybe we can't even get list? Do you want to start us off, Justin?
2: Must-have, but you probably can't get... I mean, obviously, you can throw guys out like Saban and Jimbo and people that have had sustained offensive success, but I don't really foresee sure. leaving the college game. Uh, but I'd go probably with like Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma would be the guy that everybody's probably drooling over the most just of what he's been able to do with so many of these quarterbacks that have gone on to have success in the league. That said, has his stock cooled a little bit based on Oklahoma's, you know, inconsistencies these past two years, or does the fact that they seem to kind of be turning it around with Caleb Williams, make him look even more valuable.
1: I think this season will tell a lot, but yeah, I think the early returns on Caleb Williams have brought him right back to being the most appealing guy. Um, he has been kind of the white whale for a minute now because he is such an offensive innovator that offense. Actually, it it's got elements of the Andy Reed stuff. It's got elements of what we saw from Stefanski um, and that offense as well. And he's just been a quarterback whisper in his time in college. So I, I was thinking for a minute there you might have had an opening where Oklahoma didn't feel as appealing anymore. Um, and with this limbo between the conferences, maybe that remains true. Geez, though, now he's got... like this you got the
2: SEC thing. money coming and unprecedented control. It's just one of those things. I think so many of these college coaches, especially the ones that really have their like hand in every single aspect of the program, which is not necessarily the case everywhere, but it is at programs like Bama and Oklahoma. I just think these guys like being able to control essentially, essentially every little component of their team. You know how we're going to do things in practice, what you're going to do in between the games, how you're going to act, how you're going to talk. And as we're kind of seeing with urban Meyer, you know, and Jacksonville, I guess they finally got the win, but you know, you, you can't treat grown men the same way and you can't handle yourself the same way as you can in a college program. And I think Saban found out the same thing, you know, kind of the hard way when he was the dolphins, you know, it's a little bit easier when you're such a control freak to just be like, you want to know what I'm just going to do it my way. I'm going to make a ton of money to do it. And I'm going to probably even better job security than I would in the NFL.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then Caleb Williams is now in the mix. Like that could be as Tua. that could be as Trevor Lawrence and he's a true freshman and we're just getting started. That might be his ticket to a natty. And then if that happens, forget it. And I think I divided up these candidates in three different categories. Program builders, offensive play callers, which obviously all the rage. And then wild cards, which is mostly what you're going to get when you hire from the college ranks. Because, you know, everyone thinks of Pete Carroll, but, uh, you know. Pete Carroll, Jimmy Johnson, those guys are pretty rare. Jim Harbaugh was another guy. Um, for the most part, we we see a lot of flops. But right now, the Big 12 is all the rage, whether it's the quarterbacks that have come out of the Big 12, um, mostly from Lincoln Riley. Um, Matt Rule's decent early returns. The Big 12 is all the rage. So Lincoln Riley is the white whale. Matt Campbell, who would be the top program builder, from Iowa state is the other guy you look at Matt Campbell would kind of bring some, some of what you get from Stefanski. Um, You know, like I was talking with Brandon Spen, our CEO while we watched that game yesterday and he was saying like Cleveland's just a running team. That's a, the, the linemen are going to get off the line and set the tone and that's a running team. And it doesn't matter who's injured on the line or at running back. That's a team that is like that's in their DNA by this point. That's the kind of guy Matt Campbell is. He's going to build a program where you can rely on a couple touchstones and know we might not we might not make the playoffs year in and year out, but we can go in with these fundamentals we can rely on, um, and that so, translates, so, which oh, is kind of a big
2: factor that you have to consider with college coaches. And you know, people back before they had all the the scandals at Baylor, you know, people talk about what they were doing and you know, can you do this in the NFL? And it's like, kind of, but not really. What what Campbell does at Iowa State, running the football, winning in the trenches, physical, you know, possession-dominated football, you can win that way if you have the right guys. Now the Broncos aren't exactly a testament to wanting to kind of lean into that style of football,
0: but Cleveland might be. Yeah, and Matt Campbell was at the top of my list, at least when we're talking about the college guys. Um, and, And mostly because... You look through the elite coaches in, in college football and say, well, Nick Saban's not leaving Bama. It's just unrealistic. Like maybe maybe Dabo leaves Clemson because he sees that the the end of the dynasty is on the way and he gets whatever. But it just still just feels so unrealistic. And you go down through like Lincoln Riley even. And it's like, yeah, maybe, but probably not. And Matt Campbell to me is really at the top of the list of guys who I think are attainable mostly because he's at Iowa state. And I don't think any of us believes that he's going to stay there. You know, he's a 41 year old head coach and, and at some point he's going to wind up somewhere else, whether it's probably in college, just because that seems like how most of these things go, but could be the NFL. Um, we do also know that the lions went after him really hard and, and even offered him like the eight year, $65 million contract or something, which he declined and the, the, the Jets were in on him too, but he turned them down. And so you can look at that and say he doesn't really want to be in the NFL. Or I look at it and say he's getting to the point where they're giving them offers because he does at least have that much interest. There's offers from the Jets and the Lions. So, of course, he's going to turn those down. I could see him going to the Broncos.
1: A lot of these guys, I'm going to bring up pro experience. And with these top two, the fact that they haven't had much experience in the program Concerns me. Um, so that said, my real white whale, and I'm kind of cheating here, but it's a guy we talk about a decent amount on this podcast, would be Joe Brady, the former passing coordinator and wide receiver coach for that phenomenal 2019 LSU team, go Tigers, uh, which I think we've talked about to me the greatest college football team of all time when you look at the resume, the competition level. Um And you know he has that pro experience. He's been groomed under Sean McVay. Now he's got two years under his belt as an OC um, in Carolina, which fine results, nothing special. But um, you know, with the offensive play callers being all the rage, he would be probably the most intriguing. And that's. Of these candidates, we're not going to get into the Kellen Moore's, Brian, Byron Byron Letwitches, because there are you know Dable. Brian Dable who also has that coach experience. Dable actually, I, I think we could include in this because he's been at Bama and stuff.
0: Okay, um, then I'll I'll include him because he would be my clear number one regardless of any whatever conversation it is. Whether including everybody, whatever. Um, obviously what he's done with Josh Allen is incredible. He's been their offensive coordinator since 2018. Before that, though, OC and quarterbacks coach at Bama. Yep. That was 2017 with Jalen Hurts, and Tua with Mac Jones. I think he would have been on the bench. If not, he was recruiting him. And before that experience as the tight ends coach with the Patriots, offense coordinator of the Chiefs. There's just so much you look at. Actually, the year before that, 2011, he was the OC with the Dolphins and Carl Durrell it was uh, his quarterbacks coach. So at some point, I got to ask Carl about Dable and report back. Um, but yeah, I mean that resume speaks for itself, and to have all of that accomplished, and he's only 46. It, that is that that to me is the number one guy in this uh coaching cycle.
2: Brady'd be my number one, Joe Brady. I just okay. I want a young guy for once. I just I know they went that route with McDaniels and it kind of crashed and burned. And I wonder if as an organization that makes them hesitant. I think I saw I believe it was Albright tweet once, you know. While the retread is not necessarily an, a, an exciting way to go, it is the way that Denver's had the most success in terms of their coaches, Shanahan, Kubiak, and John Fox. You know, all retreads all had success in Denver. But I just I would love to see a brilliant up-and-coming offensive mind like Joe Brady. I do love Dable. What he did at Alabama was awesome. The only thing I'll bring up is, and, and whether this is fair or not, he's had great quarterbacks basically everywhere he's ever been. And that's a huge advantage. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it is a huge advantage, but what I do like about him is he's shown a willingness to build that offense around what Josh Allen does best. And that's what good football coaches do.
1: So I, I love both those dudes. And we were calling him a, Josh Allen, right? Yeah. yeah you weren't I, calling I him a great quarterback
0: exactly. two, three years ago in the NFL. What did Dable do it? I don't know. Just the, just the idea that he could have been a part of the success for all those guys could have been like a reason why he had great quarterbacks. That to me is probably the biggest selling point. Well, giving him some the talent to catch
2: the ball helps too. He had nothing at Wyoming and he had very slim pickings early in his career in Buffalo. They go out, they get Stephon Diggs, they get Croft at tight end. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders. True. All of those things are are beneficial, but again, it's not got too off the topic. You right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Let's stick. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um you honestly you could include Bianomi in this because of the CU <laughs> the CU sure. connections.
2: Uh, I'm so um, out on Bianomi. like every time everybody throws a fit when he doesn't get a job, I just think back to that whole situation at CU.
0: It was a disaster. It was a flat out disaster. Yeah. But, and he's just not somebody who he's he's a little, he's hot-headed. And not really a relationship builder, and you know, can I've heard stories about players on that team not being uh, yeah. super happy with him. He wasn't like beloved by those players, mostly because he he was yeah. a yeller and a screamer. And you know, Marcus Houston transfers out of Colorado. I think that you can kind of look to Eric Bienemy, as a big reason why that happened. And so, like, yes, he does have a great resume. But again, from my perspective, just hearing the stories and the way people talk about them, it's like, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I I can see why maybe this has taken this long. Let's uh, let's go
2: back though, because since we're kind of trying to focus it around college coaches, we talked yeah. so much about Joe Brady, that LSU offense. I got another guy who has who was attached to that team, uh, Dave Aranda at Baylor. Mm. Now he didn't he didn't you know build it up the way Matt Rule kind of had no. to come in and you know, do that transition. That's obviously what landed him the gig, but he's had success as a defensive coordinator everywhere he's been. They were really, really good at LSU. And when they lost him, we kind of saw them lose the identity that they had defensively. I had some experience around him in the mountain West when he was at Utah state. I just really like what he does now. Again, he doesn't have the pro experience yet. And so I'm, I'm not sure he's really even in that conversation yet, especially not having been at Baylor for very long but he's just kind of a wild card name that I throw out there. He's worked at a lot of big programs connected to a lot of big coaches.
0: Yeah. I, there's yeah, there's so interesting, m- one. so many names you can throw out even like David Shaw. I know, I know it isn't the like a one. sexy name like it was five years ago, but he does fit a lot better as, as an NFL sort of coach and face the, the program, that sort of stuff. Um, and you, you look at the success that he has had and, and Again, I don't think it'd be nearly as exciting as it would have been. I, I thought it would have been a good hire when they got Vance Joseph, um, but that kind of stalled out quickly. Um, but there's there's a name that you you could look at.
1: Yeah,
2: he was that's a highly a,
0: desired coach for
2: whatever it's worth. Like
1: the Broncos, tried to order. hire him multiple times. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the coaching tree is undeniable. What he's been able to do, you know, to the NFL, it's very attractive. The being able to Win and build a solid program when you are having to overcome uh, academic restrictions mm-hmm. like they do at Stanford, Duke, places like that, Vandy. Um, you win at places, Notre Dame, you win over there, the NFL takes notice. Um, and well, I got a name if- for you then. If you're able to win in spite of uh, restrictions, you know, which Matt Rule did with Baylor, we saw Bill O'Brien do that at Penn State. That's another attractive quality. And I know who you're going to say, lay it on us. I hope it is.
2: Oh, howdy duty, Troy
1: Calhoun at Air Force. <laughs> when does he come oh, into the conversation? I thought you were going um, Northwestern. Because, uh, he, he's a great answer as well. Matt Fitzgerald, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going hoping to be... say, Troy Calhoun. Very so I don't know why Calhoun, who we always see like on longer short list for certain types of jobs, is thrown out there. But man, like that that Kubiak Shanahan coaching tree has exploded. He's one of those guys, man, with actual play calling OC experience. And then he's had to do it at Air Force with the triple op. I don't know. How a guy with that kind of experience, that kind of track record at a place like Air Force, and I mean that coaching tree and variety of play calling, isn't more sought after. Um, I, I kind of really unlikable. Don't. I wonder if he does an in interview well. I tell you, when I sat down with him at Blake Street, and I know we've talked about this. A that couple was a rarity. Times. I will say he was very. I had, that was a good interview, and Some maybe terrific insights. Yeah.
2: Maybe he just it's kind of one of those things where he picks and chooses, you know. Some coaches they don't really value that type of stuff. He's maybe he was just in a good mood, but he's one of the most
1: underappreciated football coaches in the country. 100%. Um you, you talked about retreads, you talked about offensive play callers and how that's always the rage, um the spiciest of all, Kobe. At, well, actually, that—that's—I put him in my program builder. Uh, no, I was going to say Lane Kiffin. Ooh, I love <laughs> it. And I mean, like, let's see, Ole Miss—they're squeaking out a few victories here. Let's see what where Matt Corral and Ole Miss is by the end of the year. Lane might have enough juice to get back in the NFL. I believe in Lane Kiffin.
0: He like, does I, have. I, that I don't know variety, if that's a hot take, right? but I believe in him. I think it's a hot take. Um, I don't, like, yeah, here's, like, but he's intriguing. I'd get excited if they hired him for sure. And that's the thing is like, I don't think that hiring Lane Kiffin to be your coach is a good idea. Um, just, and I'm just willing to throw that as a blanket statement out there. Um, at the same time though, you look at the problems that the Broncos have had and for like six years, they haven't been able to score the ball. And if you wanted to just overcorrect and be like, we're getting this guy, he's going to run an offense and who knows what else is going to happen if we get Lane Kiffin, but we're going to put up some points. Like I, I think that if there was ever a time to hire Lane Kiffin, it would be if you are in the Broncos exact situation.
1: I tell you of all these guys, Lane and Lincoln Riley are the two guys I think could come in and even without drafting a quarterback with someone of the caliber of Teddy Bridgewater, or some you can find, you know, like whoever this next year's Sam Darnold type quarterback who can be found at a like mid-level price can get like above average play out of a guy like that with more like misdirection and kind of do a Stefanski, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't tell you if any any other part of the team would be any good. Like we've seen this with Chip Kelly. It's like, wow, he can be eight and eight with uh, Mike Vick a month removed from jail and Nick Foles uh, three months after retirement. But that only goes so far,
0: right? Um, and, and just running through at Tennessee, he was seven and six, USC 28 and 15, Ole Miss 10 and six so far. That is better than I thought it would be. Like, again, I, I mean, 28 and 15 at USC isn't it's your USC, but still like that's the, they're winning no more worse games than, than what anybody else has for. done
1: since Pete Carroll. True. True. Yeah. It'd be fun. Link Hiff- Kiffin. Link it's ba- the pitch is like, he's basically slimy or Kyle Shanahan. Like you won't, you yeah. can't truly <laughs> judge like him until he has like two years in the NFL with like a vet quarterback or like a good quarterback.
0: It's like, I Kyle just, Shanahan is like Mario and he's Wario.
2: <laughs> Total
1: <right.
2: It's> <laughs> he yeah, totally. super Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Or he's like the he's Spider Man in the Spider Man Three with toby Maguire when he's in the black suit and like dancing in the streets and stuff. Exactly.
0: I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just thing. think
2: he learned from his mistakes. Like I believe in a guy that's coached at a lot of high programs. He's the son of one of the best defensive yes. coaches of yes. all time. That's huge. And I think he's smart enough to be like, look, I know how to put up points. I'm going to bring someone
0: in and let them do this defensively. And I'm just going to say the fuck out of it. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll throw another name out there. Um, Luke fickle. I mean, it's still kind of early, but you know, he's, he's at Cincinnati. He's another one that fits into that category of at some point he's moving. And who knows? Maybe he winds up moving to, he's the next Notre Dame coach. It, yeah. I mean, Just looking through the resume, I mean, he was at Ohio State from 2002 to 2016 and then took over Cincinnati and has only had success. And that's basically his entire resume. So yeah. it's not a lot to go off of because it's Ohio State, but you look at the turnaround with Cincinnati and say, what if he just comes in and he's a flash with, he, the, with the Broncos?
1: He was given the opportunity of a lifetime with that one year as the interim head coach at Ohio State mm-hmm. that season after Trestle gets kicked out and before urban comes in now, Braxton Miller gets hurt like three weeks in so that, but it's, it's the worst Ohio state season in the last 20 years. Um, So color me skeptical because the one time he was given the keys to a Ferrari, he kind of like crashed it into the median, you know,
0: meanwhile, Lane Kiffin had a five and seven season with FAU. <laughs> Everybody has some flaws.
2: I'm straight. Yeah. Winning at FAU, though, that's just like being fair. <laughs> he was there for one year. I mean, like, uh, for sure. I don't know, for two years, whatever it was. But I think three. anyways, NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? Because DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. If they do, you're going to win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can get some skin in the game with the same game parlay. The more legs you add, the bigger payout you're going to get. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game. Win $200 in free bets if they win. You win with the promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. I have a gambling problem.
0: 1-800-522-4700. Also, we've had a bunch of listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group and make them their permanent family dentist. We've been hearing these stories for like four or five years now because we've had Green Mountain Dental Group as a partner for so long. And again, still nobody has anything bad to say. i had co coworkers go out there too, both Allie and Lindsay had their wisdom teeth removed out there, said it was the best experience they've had with a dentist in their entire life. Um, there's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing from you guys that that were helping you find something like Green Mountain Dental Group and that you are appreciating them. Um, so just let us know if you've made that switch. Um, if you didn't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is located in Lakewood. Uh, super convenient, just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro. They're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. Um, like I said, we've got great stories of, of our own um, from from going out there. We've heard from listeners. You can trust them. And the best part is if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure you get in, take advantage of that deal, take care of your teeth and support the people who support us. And again, that deal is a uh, free Sonicare toothbrush at Green Mountain Dental Group if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray and exam today. Let's
1: tie a bow on that coaching stuff because that was lots of fun. Um... Last few names to throw out: James Franklin to me is more of a white whale. He's more in the uh-huh. like unattainable category. Um, obviously, phenomenal job at Penn State, and I think uh, I think he's the last
0: one in that category
1: of the unattainables.
0: Yeah, he's he's like the very bottom of that list. Where it's just like maybe the bar is right above. Maybe he is attainable, but I don't think so.
1: So is that just Lincoln Riley and? James Franklin, Dabo, Nick Saban. I think Obviously, so. like Kirby Smart. Like, you know I mean? Yep, Kirby the, Smart's in there Once too. we start, Todd, Jimbo is a guy that... I Justin's was going to say, throughout. I think
2: Jimbo, just because of what he's done offensively with so many different styles of quarterbacks, but again, it's just one of those, they make more money and have more control yep. in the no, college total. game. Total and money. a better job security. Like, There's also Matt guys Campbell like... Campbell and
1: Pat
0: Fitzgerald haven't made the jump. So, I mean, forget Saban and Jimbo. Like, mm. yeah. There's guys like Sarkeesian too, where it's like, they're just one year into a job at one of these big schools. And so I do sure, think that like sure. right now he is sure. unattainable too. I- Honestly,
1: I'd add Brian Kelly, who's an intriguing one. The um, Notre Dame head coach, who's yep. really built a phenomenal program. Would you guys put Jim Har- Harbaugh on that in the unattainables?
2: I think Harbaugh <laughs> wants to go back to the NFL someday. Because I think he has a big enough ego that the way it kind of ended with San Francisco is going to sit wrong with him. You know, he didn't flame out the way some of these other guys. He went to multiple NFC championships, went to a Super Bowl, and then just kind of clashed with the leadership there at the end. And it just, you know, flamed out, had a chance to go to his alma mater. I think if Michigan makes a playoff, that's good enough for Harbaugh to be like, all right, I got this program back where I wanted it. Now, I'm going to go accomplish my own goals in the NFL. And I think he'd be a good NFL coach again. Like, I know we like to make fun of him, but I think he's a better NFL coach than a college coach.
0: Extraordinary. Brian Day is also in that category, too, I think.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Would
2: you hire Jim
1: Harbaugh? I would go hard after Jim Harbaugh. As would I.
0: I think so. I think, again, just it's mostly like memes. And, and those sorts of things. He blows And Totally. Games, and there'd sure. be plenty of them with the khaki pants and his oh, quotes. Yeah. It's like he's he's yeah. a, when just push, a bunch of cliches. When push comes to shove, though, and you wind up with like a list of the three people who the Broncos are interviewing, it's going to be one of those three. If Harbaugh's on the list, you're going to look at that list and be like, yeah, let's go get Harbaugh. But right now, I'm yeah, just hesitant. Sure. Same thing with Lane Kiffin, honestly.
1: The more controversial one in this category is Bill O'Brien who undoubtedly as a head coach, his resume speaks for itself, man. He's um, a good coach. He's a bad GM. Just don't who, give him control of the team. Compare and I, there are a few coaches who have meant more in my lifetime or who I respect more than Gary Kubiak. But compare Kubiak and O'Brien's tenures at the Texans in Houston. For relatively starters,
2: comparable Ob- talent.
1: O'Brien figured out that they needed a quarterback, something that was always a struggle for Gary. Um, was kind of caught in this like John Elway limbo of always trying to win with the game a- managers.
2: Guy. We yeah. can run the football. We don't need to stretch the field.
1: Bill O'Brien just can't be given personnel control and also has a the reputation head. to yeah. clean up with just not getting along with Deshaun Watson or DeAndre Hopkins at the end of that. Um Marvin Lewis kind of memeable as well. He is at Arizona state currently. So a name I throw out there, no one's going to get excited about Marvin Lewis. But when you talk about retreads,
2: that's the kind of guy that
1: Denver would hire though, as much as like, don't like to say it. I mean, he's look, man, when you don't have an owner, you could do a lot worse than Marvin Lewis, who at least can kind of stabilize things. And if you did find him a quarterback might be able to really succeed. They didn't win, but they made the
2: playoffs all those years, like, you know, with a lot less talent than oh, totally. I think Denver has on
1: the roster right now. More interesting wild cards to me Pep Hamilton, a guy who's been all over and is getting some credit for the the quarterback coach for the Chargers and um, obviously Justin Herbert in 2020. He's the OC at Houston, he's another Harbaugh tree. His stock has been way up, way down. He was kind of supposed to be the next Harbaugh disciple. Um, Him and that guy went to Oregon and then flamed out. Oh, God. A tagger. Yeah. Holy shit, tagger. Um, Yeah, then FSU. Um, But Pep Hamilton would be intriguing. Todd Munkin, a guy who's had like 20 years, mostly in the college ranks, but has had six years in the NFL between the last... uh, decade plus he has currently been the OC at Georgia for a couple of years. Um, Not talked about enough in his fifties. So not as young as some of the dudes we've talked about, but um, you you could do worse. You could do worse. I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Also just jumping back to Bill O'Brien real quick. So Seth Wickersham wrote that big book about the Patriots that came out like a week ago. And one of the little nuggets in there um, was that Bill O'Brien actually told somebody he worked with, that he was trying to get fired by the Texans because he thought he might be able to uh, get the Patriots job when Belichick retired. Um, and so who knows how much you uh, you you believe that, um, but it's like a conspiracy theory that is very much out there, enough to be written in the book. And I mean, like, how else do you explain the, the trades that he was making? Like he was just tearing that team down. The Hopkins so, um, trades indefensible. Mean, indefendable. With what
2: we've, and this is jumping to some crazy conclusions. So okay, again, take us with a grain off of salt track guys. No, I won't.
1: Again. Okay.
2: But I mean, if Deshaun Watson's kind of a terrible dude, maybe Bill O'Brien didn't need to get along with him. That's all I'm saying. Good quarterback, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens with that whole situation. Good coach, not a good GM. Um, I want to talk pretenders and contenders though, because we've been going on about coaches for, for quite a while now.
1: Yeah, go well, that's the next segment. So hold your horses because we've got some thoughts about Tua and the rest oh, of the right. quarterback talk class. To it. Um and we actually have I'm giving us seven minutes for that. So um get it out. Justin, you know Tua the best. Um Mixed reports could be in the mix. I'm not sure the Broncos are at a point where they're a quarterback away and you even have like the right system in place to develop Tua. um, he was the chosen one for a minute and now he could be traded, um, by a team that doesn't even have a future first rounder. So it's, uh, what a drop off, but, um, yeah, everyone's thoughts on Tua. Would he make sense for the Broncos? What's the right price here? Um, what hasn't worked out? What had you intrigued in college, anywhere you want to take it?
2: Well, let's start with what's not going well. And when you watched him at Alabama, he didn't have like the strongest arm in the world, but he had, you know, good zip on the ball. But it was all about his anticipation. He was very decisive with his decision making. Mm-hmm. He put the ball where it needed to be exactly when it needed to be. He wasn't scared to throw in tight coverage. He wasn't scared to step up in the pocket. When I watched Tua with the dolphins, it looks like a completely different guy. Like mm-hmm. I I have to imagine a lot of it is the injury history. Obviously there were questions whether he was ever going to be the same guy anyways, even going into the pros after su- yes. su- suffering such a devastating injury. Now he's just beat been beaten to hell ever since he's been down there. And he looks like a guy that's playing scared. I mean, He's missing open reads. He's forcing balls. He's doing things that are just so uncharacteristic out of what we saw from him at Alabama consistently. And some of that I think is on him. I think he has to get it out of his own head. Mm-hmm. Some of it I think is Miami's really put him in a pretty poor position to succeed. I mean, their offense yeah. is not fun, it's very predictable and they haven't been able to block for him. Mm-hmm. As far as Denver being interested, maybe I'm skeptical of the system we have right now in place to bring the best out of him. Right. But I do think we could maybe see to a, be a serviceable NFL starter somewhere. I just think a change
0: of scene is going to be important. Yeah. I mean, we saw what happened when Tannehill got out of there, he got way better. Um, I, again, I, I think what makes me most intrigued in Tua from a Broncos perspective is just the lack of other options. You know, I I think that you look at this draft class and the good news is that basically if the Broncos want anybody other than whoever winds up being the number one quarterback in this class, they should be able to get them just because of the combination of likely having a top 10 pick um, and the fact that none of these quarterbacks seem like they're going to be flying off the board. Um, the flip side of that is that, is that really who you want to tie yourself to going forward? I mean, I've brought this up before, but in the last 10, 15 years, something like that, the only, um, I think only once did somebody not wait two years. Like if you draft core this year in 2022, you don't get one 2023 or 24. You can try again, 25. Only exception was Rosen and Kyler Murray. Um, and so is this when you want to take your shot? At this point, I don't think so. Obviously, we still have half the season to go. And that's why I could say, hey, go get Tua. Give him a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, whatever it is. And then at least you have a, an option that could pop, and you can try again next year. And then it's not really handcuffing you either because you know you don't really want to roll into a season with just Tua at quarterback at this point based on what we've seen. And it'd be nice to have Tua and a first round quarterback or whatever. I just think that looking at this quarterback class and looking at this Broncos roster, there's, there's so many needs go get yourself some linemen, see if you can get bigger and stronger. And if you're going to do that, why not bring in a Tua? There's my pitch. He reminds me a bit of Bridgewater.
1: um, Yeah. Like his, his year prior to declaring was not the chosen one at the levels that Tua was because Tua really was like the first big, big quarterback recruit that Sabin went after from Mariota's alma mater in Hawaii. Like he was a big deal. And then, I mean, we, we get to see him in the second half of that Georgia natty where he takes over from Jalen Hurts and just takes, I mean, just like. He became legendary uh, right off the bat Um, and so decisive, some real nice mobility, some sneaky twitchiness. And yeah, even though he was undersized, he was making it all work. Um, We haven't
2: seen any of that.
1: No, deep ball accuracy was just phenomenal. We've seen that a little to Waddle, but yeah, I mean, he he hasn't even outplayed Jacoby Brissett. Um, And man, it just makes me think in relation to this quarterback class, how much athleticism has really made a difference for the quarterbacks who've popped in recent years. Now that's not everything because uh, Paxton Lynch has busted. Um, you'll have plenty of busts. Sam Darnold, I think was the most, you know, short of Lamar Jackson, the most athletic quarterback in that class, I, I would argue maybe more athletic than Josh Allen. And he hasn't succeeded necessarily. Um, but, you know, Lamar back, Josh Allen, Herbert, these like extraordinary athletes, Kyler Murray, are really ticking up. It makes you think about Malik Willis. That makes you think of how limited uh, who don't have that, like a Baker, like a Tua, how much their ceiling might be limited, you know? Like, yeah, we can get them to a pretty nice floor, but then, especially when then you don't have the physical traits to go off of, you know, you're, you're below average size, So you don't have above-average athleticism. You don't have above-average size for, for the current NFL standards. It's tough to overcome, and you think of a guy like Malik Willis coming off tough loss to Louisiana Monroe, under 200 passing yards, three interceptions, one on the decisive drive where they had it. They're down three. They're driving with the minute 23. Just forces it into triple coverage, I believe. Um haven't been able to watch and most of the, the a lot of the, the rest of that game. Um and you know, runs for over a hundred yards. So right now he's you know he's reminding me more of a guy like Jalen Hurts than um mm-hmm. you know than Lamar Jackson or any of these more special quarterbacks and the anticipations what's gonna lack and in his game. And I don't know, maybe see a best case scenario, he's more of a DAC. But um, he's been up and down. Ritter, all things considered, yeah, you like the athleticism checks off a lot of boxes. In any class, he's probably more of a second or third round talent. You know, he's probably going to be a top twenty pick this year. But that's because this year's this year. And so, where would Tua rank, knowing what we, even knowing what we know now in this draft class? Yeah, Drew Locke or Jacob Eason. You know, like, uh, yeah, saying, like. Teams will still dice. be top two in this class.
0: If, wait, is it this
2: Tua or is it Tua coming Tua. out of band, this Tua? It's
0: like, this like Tua. right now, if, it's this if Tua. somehow Tua gets put into this draft, which quarterbacks are in front of him? It's you
2: got to put Malik Willis and Carson of them.
0: Strong, Malik Willis, Carson, Desmond
1: Ritter, though.
0: Uh, yeah, I and mean, that's, that's where you got some big questions. To Ritter me, the you start yeah. to
1: have that debate. Yeah. Ritter yeah. essentially is where, where it It's begins. like, would
0: you rather just pick up Tua? And that's why I like if you can do it for a third-round pick. Uh, why not? Especially because it doesn't right. mean that you, you aren't going to draft one of these guys, too. Who knows? I mean, we talk about Desmond Ritter being more of a second, third-round guy. Maybe he is there in the second, third round. Maybe a lot of these guys, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if you only see two quarterbacks go in the first round Spencer because Rattler. there aren't many teams that really need quarterbacks. These teams aren't all that exciting. And then you look around, and it's like, well, Teddy's going to go somewhere. Teddy's not going to be in Denver next year. And that's going to fill one of the spots. You've got a bunch of those guys too. Are we sure Rattler is even going to come out? Like it wouldn't shock oh. me if he goes in
2: the transfer portal and tries to put oh. another year on tape somewhere. For sure. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah, and it's just
0: kind of become the norm for quarterbacks to go out after three years. But I mean
1: well, NILs, I think, have changed that completely though.
0: Yeah. For, yeah, for some
1: of them. That was that started because of rookie contracts. So be once the NFL implemented rookie contracts, all of a sudden it was about starting your clock as soon as possible. Yep. So your second contract could hit as soon as possible. And that's when you start to make your real like generational, life-changing money. Um Now with the NIL, though, that might change things, especially at those positions where you are able to capitalize most on it. Like, you know, Kayvon on Thibodeau's unique because he's at Oregon and Phil Knight, you know, they kind of took care mm-hmm. of him. But like Evan Neal isn't going to be, oh, I'm drowning in NIL. <laughs> no, no, you got to get to the NFL, get that clock started and get to that second contract where you're going to be like... Yeah. The third hundred million offensive lineman in history. You know that's what yep. he's being sold on. Um, So, I want to yeah. see
2: rattler in the Mountain West. I'm just going to throw that out there. I'd be very intrigued to see what that <laughs> would look like.
1: Get Urban on the phone up. to make that pitch for <laughs> right now, man. Just guys be dudes.
2: I was actually thinking Nevada as mm. put a plug him in to Carson Strongest Pro. Basically, run the same system let him put up a bunch of stats against some bad defenses, help your image a little bit. But he, if he transfers, he'll definitely
1: end up P5. I'll tell you, since we already had this coaching conversation, if they were to draft Malik Willis, which again, I think even going 3-14 and 14 might not do it. And that's with all the concerns really? about Malik Willis I just stated. I just think he's like a class above. And now when you're QB1 and you're quarter, like. You just go high because it's yeah. rookie contracts and I, if somebody and would have to it. take up after though. his
2: worst performance, so that that shows the confidence Dre has in the league.
1: There's just so much, like the upside is just another tier than. And mm-hmm. it's great, man. We were so spoiled
0: last year. We I guess, so yeah. It's gonna be up to the Lions. Or I guess even the Texans too. There are more bad teams without quarterbacks than I guess I've been giving it credit for. But like lines you know dan campbell he's seen how you can have success with a guy
1: like Taysom mill yeah and I, I was gonna say if i'm drafting malik willis i want greg roman as my next head coach and we've talked jim harbaugh he's mm-hmm. a great harbaugh and i mean what he's done with lamar is just speaks for itself like, for those who don't need know the greg right guy for the is, system the ravens oc Yep. ravens oc um and I mean, famously, kind of adapted that Niners offense to Kaepernick as well prior to that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, guys, let's uh, let's get into some contenders and pretenders for this college football playoffs here.
2: Playoffs? Talking about playoffs?
1: But first, I win a game. <laughs> oh, we got a shout out,
2: Manscaped. Do you know uh, what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? Having two hairy full moons and some nose hairs in your face. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, get your man to shave his pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade his grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy to a king-sized candy bar and get two million. Men. join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to Manscaped for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code DNVR. Have you ever been with a dude whose balls looked like one of those dancers in the Thriller music video? Luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure your man is trimmed, smelling fresh with new refined body wash. Ladies, you're absolutely going to love their signature scent. Unlock his confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll get the holy grail of men's grooming items. they made it easy for him to upgrade his routine. It's a full moon out there. And if you've got a werewolf in your pants howling, it's time to tackle that problem with the Lawnmower 4.0. This is the best thing on the market. Got a ceramic blade. It's waterproof, 4k, a light, all of that fun stuff. We love manscaped. You love manscaped. Make sure you use that code 20% off for free shipping. Plus a free code. Um, excuse me. Use the code DNVR for twenty percent off plus free shipping. Only at manscaped.com. Sorry about that. I got tongue tied. Shout out manscaped. We love them. You love them. Now is the perfect time. I actually just ordered some of that body wash. I love it. Yeah, it's good stuff.
1: I use it too. I run out very quickly. All right. Currently, as things stand... Though I don't... Fine. As things stand for the... Let's go coaches poll. For the coaches, Georgia is the number one team in the land. Oklahoma, number two. Cincy, number three and Alabama number 4 as your first one loss team um with you know Michigan Oklahoma state Wake Forest uh lurking as power 5 teams in the top 50 that remain undefeated too. um yeah i was just talking undefeated teams oh, and michigan you. state uh, i needed to include in that and then yeah uh, you know a very intriguing field of one loss teams with ohio state um, and Oregon, Iowa, who lost last week, kind of at the top of that. So, uh, yeah, what you got?
2: What has Oklahoma done to justify such a high ranking? That's my first thought. who beat did they Texas?
1: beat? Them? Texas, the, the comeback victory over Texas. Game. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't know how you could justify them in front of Cincinnati, but... um, They have one one
2: ranked win. Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's all they've got going for. They do have the precedent, though, which obviously helps your cause. And these people believe in the brand. They believe in Lincoln Riley. Mm-hmm. And you got the quarterback change because I think most of people's skepticism kind of came from... Spencer Rattler being so erratic, and not necessarily the the rest of the talent on the team.
1: To their credit, they already have um, five P five wins. That's yeah, it's more not than a, cupcake a lot schedule, of these but... teams. Um, you know, they started slow, then Nebraska and right into Big Twelve schedule. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's not like, but no Georgia side. No one has a world beater schedule except for Penn State and Iowa, who now already have a loss each. Good
2: point. It's true. grass isn't always a greener.
1: Both of those, like Wisconsin starting to not look like such a great win as time passes.
0: Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, and that's Cincinnati's yeah, yeah. only ranked win.
1: Yeah, and Indiana, which I I think that's still like a good win. Um, they covered against UCF, which I know the committee loves, a good
0: cover like that. Um, so who's who's in? Who's out, boys? Uh, so this is to get into the CFP, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Georgia, Bama, I think they both get in. Um, and from there is where I think the conversation really starts. You're going to get somebody out of the big 10. Um, I'm, I'm going with Ohio state. I think that Stroud has turned it around and yeah, it's a tough schedule on that side. Whatever. I mean, Michigan, I, there's just too many teams over there that I can't trust. Like. Michigan State too, just because they're new. Like it's another one where if I'm saying is Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, you got to take Ohio State out of the group. So that's what I'm going to do. Fourth one, ugh, I mean Cincinnati does have like a cupcake schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, but if they're undefeated, Oklahoma's undefeated. They've got to put It'll Oklahoma in, right. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna say Oklahoma gets that fourth s- spot. Cincinnati either blows a game or gets snubbed. So, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Yeah. And I guess Bama's probably going to be the number four. Depends who wins the SEC championship, right? Yeah. No, it does. And and neither of those teams can lose. Yeah. If Bama loses, I'm not sure they get in. Mm -hmm. If
2: they lose another regular season game without winning that SEC title, and even then, like, how do you even
1: get in? You would need other teams to lose. Over an undefeated Cincinnati. Yeah, two losses would be a problem for the loser of the SEC championship as things currently stand. Now, we could have a ton of chaos between now and November. And then I don't even want to
2: think about that Auburn game. Field. If they lose to
1: freaking mm-hmm. Bo
2: Nicks again, I swear I might be done. <laughs>
1: I'm more concerned for Georgia. Georgia's riding so high. They're so great. Classic letdown territory. Florida at the Swamp. I don't care what the states of either program are just like Justin as an Alabama backer is concerned about that Auburn game as a Georgia backer. You have to be concerned about a game in the swamp. Have to be period. It's um, one of the
2: hardest places to play. It's yeah. humid. It's yeah. muggy.
1: It's loud. It's a Dan Mullen offense too, which ain't fun to coach against. Um, Cause you know, if you get an L there, then in Atlanta it's everything's on the line in Atlanta cuz then you really are setting up for one team's going to be like the number one ranked team and the other team might end up fifth and nobody's yeah. been better in those situations than Sabin. honestly though i think i think henry laid out the like if we're doing contenders pretenders those probably are the real contenders and it's because those are like the blue blood programs of the last half decade if not decade um, you know, minus Clemson, who's having an off year, uh, but yeah. Georgia, Oklahoma, Bama, and Ohio State can't go wrong there. And I'm glad you I flipped my phone onto my keyboard. That's fun. I'm glad you mentioned CJ Stroud because he is making some massive strides, and he should be in that conversation um with Bryce Young as we look forward to 2022, 2023, 23. 23. Right? 23. Yeah. Um where that quarterback class is more intriguing. Strout has uh, Strout's got some fun tools.
2: For I sure. need you guys to talk me out of Michigan over Ohio State because I I believe in this team. I just I watch what they do in the trenches. They run the football. I believe in Strout more than I believe in what Michigan has going from a passing game. I do like McNamara and uh, his younger brother's actually committed to CSU at the moment, but I don't. I don't know. I just Ohio State's worried me. They they crumbled against the better sure. teams
1: this year. Ohio State's easily the most concerning of Hank's top four because their schedule is uh, and yeah, it's a brutal slate, monstrosity, man. It, it's the same for Michigan, Michigan as well. So they got
2: mm-hmm. they all got to play yeah. each other. So it's who can survive. Kind of that trio of Michigan State, Ohio State.
1: I think the Buckeyes are the only ones with three top ten games left on the schedule. That's brutal. Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan. I mean, and
0: Michigan zero room for air. already I mean, lost that games. home game. Michigan still has Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State. Well, so there you go. I mean, that's three yep. more. Actually, Iowa might be sneaky
1: because, From yes, the they side. got that loss, but they got that loss out the way. And they have Wisconsin on the road. Huge game. But if you ever wanted to beat Wisconsin, um, this would be the year to get um. I was better than
2: Wisconsin. Yeah. Northwestern
1: on the road. Ain't going to be easy either. And you know, that Minnesota PJ Fleck, who's a name we didn't bring up, but would be a wild card as far as the coaches um thing goes. And then Illinois and Nebraska, if they get to the SC, to the big 10 championship, that's no ranked teams. And then you just need to, you just need to pull off one against Whoever survives that monstrosity, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State. Um, and then boom, you're in. So it's really that like the fourth, it's wide up. You could pick five teams of the big mm-hmm. game.
0: The reason I didn't go with Iowa is just because I know that I'm picking them to lose that game against whoever it is, like whether it is totally, Michigan totally. or Michigan State or Penn State, whoever, just, just because they're gonna be so proven at that point, too, because mm-hmm. they did. Take first out of the groups that have to go through this whole process. I just don't think I was gonna be able to take them down. Plus, so there's a chance they lose before then.
1: Honestly, these resumes are so hardcore in the Big Ten that you could get two Big Ten teams. A Big it's Ten possible. champion with two losses might get in over Cincy, especially if Notre Dame loses a couple more. But like Cincy is praying Notre Dame remains a one-loss team. Yep. If Notre Dame starts to be a 3-4 loss team, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is the crappiest Brian Kelly team we've seen in a while. Since he isn't going to have much, and you might have a much better resume for a two-loss Big Ten champion than you do a two-loss SEC championship loser. Yeah. So a Big Ten champion could get in ahead of since an undefeated Cincinnati could get in definitely ahead of an SEC championship loser that has two losses. I wonder if it could get in ahead of an SEC championship loser with one loss.
0: Yeah. I think that there's definitely a path for two of these teams to get in. I think the best way to get two teams in from the Big Ten would be Iowa just running the table and losing that yes. last game. Yes. And then and then whoever they play beats them with one or two losses. That's I think there's a real the chance they pass. get two in. Mm-hmm. And then you if Bama beats Georgia on the other side, Georgia could be on. Uh, I think you could get all four of those two teams in, right? If Georgia runs the table all aside from that CC
2: championship, there's no way they get left out.
0: Yeah. All Big Ten SCC
1: is what you're saying.
0: There's a path.
2: It could there happen. Is. Yeah. It, it really is. could happen. If OU drops the Big 12 championship, which we'll see.
1: Mm hmm. Oh, you
2: though.
1: Oh, you gets lucky that they don't, um, you know, Baylor's ranked right now. They'll get that on the road. Iowa state is a win that voters will reward if they get the win. Then Oklahoma state that's currently ranked eighth and undefeated. And then you could add a big, uh, like uh, an undefeated Oklahoma is going to be basically impossible to deny.
2: What if Oklahoma yeah.
0: state runs the table? Could happen. Oh yeah, it happen. I mean, any of these power conferences—if they run the table and win the championship, they're in. If they run mean, the table and lose the championship, they're going to have a decent chance. It I could think,
1: happen. Uh, Gundy's never going to do it.
0: Like I agree. I agree. Gundy's never not. Our defense craps is the legit bed, though. though. <laughs> like know.
2: they play hard. As as and I'm oh, I'm good. fully with you on Gundy being a fraud and always consistently losing in the biggest moments, but. It feels like once every decade or so, he kind of has his moment in the sun and it's been about 10 oh, totally. years. So yep.
0: well, we'll see. And I'll throw do this get... out there too. I mean, Oregon's sitting there at number 10 with sure. one loss, a win over Huge Ohio game. State. They've got UCLA, Colorado, Washington, Washington State, Utah, Oregon State. And then they'll probably play Arizona State in the uh, Pac-12 title game. If they're a one loss team... Or Utah. Yeah, yeah. Utah could, I guess.
1: Uh, Beating—they're not—they're similar to Cincy. Like they need Ohio State to keep kicking ass and stay ranked in the top ten and not have more than two losses. Um, Oklahoma State on the road at Iowa State on the road at West Virginia. Both That's those a home schedule. dogs, yeah, worth a good sprinkle. They will be hosting Boomer sooner. That's going to be a fun game, man. That's going especially be if a both year.
2: teams are undefeated. That might be the game of the year in terms yes. of build-up yes. and like what it means and 100%. that, and then potentially Michigan, Ohio State. You know, kind of just whatever happens with those teams. I'm, mm-hmm. God, this has been a fun
0: season already. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm getting like excited just thinking about all the scenarios. And we're hitting the point where it's about to get really fun too, because some of these teams are going to start losing. They've got some tough games. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm excited. The... I'll, pl- I'll plug this real quick. If anybody's looking for a place to re- watch Buffs game, we've got a watch party at the DMVR bar tomorrow. This is going to be a lot of fun for me because it'll be the first game of the season I'm not watching in person. And so I get to hang out at the bar with people and watch that game, watch all the other games. So if anybody's around, I'll be at the bar all day on Saturday. I have that five after that too. And then like Nuggets tonight with uh, with Rams on at the bar as well. So. I'm really tempted to get tickets to that Nuggets game. Great Friday and Saturday for us. Like 20 bucks.
2: Really? Yeah. Nuggets games are so cheap. We'll talk later. Me and you, okay. might not got to go
0: to that. Okay. We'll talk later.
1: All right, guys. We will be back next week. There you go. Stay positive towards the future we didn't have to dwell on the mess that is we got to think of all the endless options that are out there so tune in with us every saturday think positive enjoy the the pageantry the beauty of college football and then come to us and we will get this thing back on track trust me i started this whole draft thing when we were at our lowest with multiple first rounders every year because of the Jay Cutler trade with that Clown McDaniels. Look at me now. We will turn this around together. And uh, whether they turn it around or not, we will be here to give you honest, real insights on uh, all the moves that are made. So stick with us. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back soon.